three, two, one. Perfect. It just helps us sync it later. Alright, welcome to Mega Powers, uh, the podcast. Podcast number four. Podcast D number four. Five. D. D? 4D. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, today's topic of conversation is going to be about the experience of being Hmong at D.C. Everest um, Senior High. And um, one of the aspects I guess we could talk about is the fact that we had four people and now we have two. Uh, they had work to do, but... Um, <coughs> two. <laughs> Target. And um, so the first thing we, I wanted to do is just kind of start this conversation because it, it can be an awkward conversation and we can have a lot of hiccups and, um, you know, uncertainty about how to talk or what to say or is it even appropriate to ask somebody, hey, what's it like to be monk? That sounds kind of a, like a strange question. Um which is part of the reason we want to do this. Because I think it's a conversation that needs to happen, but we don't always do it. So the first thing I want to just ask is, do you feel like there's a difference between being Hmong at D.C. Everest uh, High School versus being white or black or Hispanic? Uh, I don't think there's any difference because I've never had like any racial discriminants. Okay. In this school, we're like a pretty safe school, and we're good about races and all of that. So, all right. Yeah, I think the same. Yeah, I think um, I, I haven't had any experience with that stuff too. I think uh, I think Hmong people do have like that camaraderie. Like, oh, when you see another Hmong person, we can just kind of get together and just kind of talk. Uh, it's not that as scary as just like talking to like another stranger. Right. But you know, since you're Hmong, you know, like. Oh hey, we have something similar, so at least we have something you know in common. So it's not as scary to walk up to a monk person and just be like, just talk. So there, go ahead. It's fine. I was gonna say so. There's that that immediate recognition within the monk community that you feel is part of what keeps you close together. Okay. Savan, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, well, for me personally, this is uh. I don't see much uh, black people in this school. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. So I, I really, uh, I grew up with having interactions with multiple races. So it it really doesn't change anything for me. Yeah. I never really had this fear of stranger danger kind of. Right. Right. More more often than not, my mother had to tell me, you know, like, hey, relax a little bit. <laughs> Because I, I talk to strangers and walk up to them like I knew them. It was, right. I don't know. And I did deal with some raci- racism at this school, but not, not, not here. It was more like the middle school. Okay. When they, they first threw all the elementary schools together. It, that wasn't a great time, but... Really? Yeah. It's, I, I, I think it was just the way they... I don't know. It's like the way these kids were raised, I think, mainly. Because, like, if you're only associated with people of your race, um, and then you kind of meet more, like, cultural differences and stuff like that, it kind of can be a little uh, sour at first, it seems like. Because you're not used to the interaction. You don't know, can I ask them what it's like to be black? Is that, or is that going right. to be offensive? Right. And oftentimes today it's like, ooh, that's offensive. Right. 
Yeah. That's interesting. Do you do you feel like things were different when you were younger? What, the middle school experience, Tavon was, you know, talking about his experience being a little bit more difficult at the middle school. What about you guys? Did you did you feel like that was a transition that was difficult? Honestly, so I went to Mountain Bay. Mm-hmm. There was obviously some monk kids there, but yep. not as much as like Weston. Right. So when I did get to the middle school, we became we became friends because okay. I didn't know other monk people existed outside of my school. <laughs> right. Really? <laughs> right. You didn't. Right. Okay. So then when we got there, there was a lot of other Hmong people. Like, I'd see, like, relatives and stuff, like, cousins and stuff. But those are the only people that I actually knew that were Hmong. But then, like, Kong, we're not related. But that was something to bond over, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's just, like, a kind of, a, like, a click thing. But it is it is what it is. And, like, me and Tavon, we've been day one buddies. Like, we went to the same mm-hmm. school. We've been together ever since, like, what? First grade, <laughs> I rode the same bus. We did everything, right? Yeah, it, I think yeah, because I believe Nick introduced me to you. Right. So Nick who? Uh, Hanson. Oh, okay. I don't know. Interesting. He's gone. <laughs> you guys yeah, known each other for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, we were. Kong, what about your experience coming to the middle school? Um, Any, anything different? Not really. I, I came from Western, and they had like a pretty big monk population. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just kind of like poop around them and when I went to the middle school I just kind of stayed around them kind of surrounded myself around right. sort of like mutual friends and stuff uh, yeah. so I have, I have two questions but I'll see if I can remember both one of them is that um, you know Weston you both said Weston has a higher Hmong population it does you just look at the numbers and you'll have a lot more percentage wise at Weston Elementary that are Hmong kids versus uh, the other elementary schools um, is there a problem at all with that, do you think? Is that good? Is that bad? Does it create an, a different dynamic that has problems or, or benefits? Or I mean, there is a higher concentration there by quite a bit. What do you think about that? So I think we'll go back to what Khan said, like when you surround yourself with the people you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to Mountain Bay there was diversity, but a lot more white kids than minorities, let's right. say. Um, so I got to know more white people than... Yeah, I got to know more, a lot more white people. But then far as... I don't know. I've never went to Weston, but I'm sure, Kong, you've been you you've been hanging around like Hmong people your whole life, right? Like yeah. throughout school. Yeah. yeah. Primarily? Right. Um, well, in Rothschild, uh, there wasn't that many... Hmong people, but, you know, I transferred to Weston, like, third, fourth grade. So, yeah. Well, you, Tavon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? So, but, let me ask that question in terms of, is there, do you think that there's any problems that come out of that, or should it be done differently or anything like that? It, to have a school that has a much higher concentration, you know, percentage-wise, of Hmong versus the other middle schools? Or is that just something that has to do with where people live? Yeah, I think it's just a problem with where people live. Um, but is it a problem? That's, I, I guess, part know. of the question. I guess yes and no. I mean, Tavon said that the reason like a rough time like transitioning was because all these other elementary schools didn't really have 
black uh, students in their schools, so they're kind of ignorant to the fact. So, I mean, I, it is a problem, but I think, I don't, yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely a hard problem to solve, though, too, because, I mean, there are many different reasons for why people choose where they want to live, right. and, like, we're just going to tell them no, then? Oh, no, there's not enough diversity over here. It's, well, and, right, and I don't even know that you need to do anything. I, I really am curious about what you have to say about it more than anything, but, you know, you can always draw the school boundaries a little differently, too, you know, and they are kind of weird. I don't know if you ever seen them, we should look at a map sometime and see what the school boundaries are, because they are kind of strange sometimes. Like, it's not just neighborhoods, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and some of that's for diversity purposes, some of it's for um, for things like that. Well, I could, I think I could talk about that, because me and Tavon, we live pretty close towards, like, Weston. Like, Weston is just down Camp Phillips, mm -hmm. and that's all we need to do to get to school, but we ended up all the way over by Mountain Bay, mm -hmm. and that's, like, pretty far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we. I originally, my mother tried to get me into Weston, mm -hmm. but we lived on the wrong side of the street. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> we had to go to. You were on the bed. wrong side. <laughs> I was. That's funny. Um. Another question I had then that I actually did remember was you guys both talked about sort of this immediate recognition and bonding over the fact of being long, right? Or you, you run into people like this, and it's like, oh, okay, we have something in common. Um, does it sound weird if I say, you know, I had an immediate uh, recognition and bonding with somebody because they were white? I think people are just comfortable with seeing something that they're used to, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? Is, like, is there a problem with that? Yeah. I don't think so. I think... If there's a majority of something and you are part of the minority, mm -hmm. I think it's comf comforting to see that, oh, there's someone like you. And you can be in a room full of, like, Hmong people, Latinos, and, and then you see another white person. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, that's good. What I find really fascinating about that, though, is just, like, you know, this open and honest recognition of that. You know, sometimes it seems like when we're talking about different ethnicities living together and living in a diverse situation, you know, it, it almost seems like when we talk about it that we're trying to tell people, or the, the message is sent sometimes that, like, if you feel more comfortable with a white person, if you're white, or if you're Hmong and you feel more comfortable with a Hmong person than with the others, then in somehow you're discriminatory. And what I hear you guys saying is like you don't necessarily see that. You see it as sort of a natural thing in that, you know, if I'm a, a Hmong and I'm in a minority situation, I see another Hmong, I feel more comfortable immediately, right? Um, that you shouldn't feel bad necessarily that you feel less comfortable with the white people. You know what? I will say that Mountain Bay did teach me that diversity is a good thing, right? Because I had Hmong friends over at Mountain Bay, but there was also a lot of white people. Mm -hmm. And that's what, I don't want to say white white students. <laughs> that sounds better. But um, there was a lot of white students, and maybe that's why I'm kind of whitewashed. Just maybe, just a little bit. But being around those people made me realize that we are all just like the same kind of people, right? Um, just... 
different skin colors. But that never really affected anything because we all went to the same school and we had one common goal just to go up. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Mountain Bay, it was, I don't know how to phrase this, it was, it was, there was diversity to an extent, right. but clearly there was a race that outweighed more. Sure. And I, it, it, and when you're younger though too, it doesn't seem like race really matters. Like I really didn't grow up thinking, oh, well this kid's a white kid, I, it was just right. like a friend. Right. And I think... I don't know, sometimes, like, with school teachings, like, sometimes it makes you think, and it makes me wonder even if, like, maybe that is also a cause for, like, uh, racism. It's because they, they try to, like, make it where, like, it's kind of like you're pinned against one another, kind of. Like, you have to compete with black kids to get into this school, or white kids to get into this school. I don't know, it's just... When do you think that started? Because I think, I've wondered that too about school. Like, do we reinforce a narrative of ethnic separation rather than ethnic, maybe, diversity? Do you know what I'm saying? When do you feel like that started? I? (laughs) I? (laughs) So, here we go, Con. Um, So, Tavon... you explain it to him. I don't need to um, put okay. words in your mouth. Uh, well, well, basically, it seems like the school schools sometimes, like, as we get older, somewhere there's, like, a transition where, like, instead of us all being united, it's like we're all, like, separate because of our race. Do you see that through, like, history assignments? Like, oh, there's this guy, Martin Luther King Jr., and he said blacks weren't treated well, and... just like the evolution of society and like how when you you grow up your your brain grows it gets bigger mm-hmm. and you have maybe you can comprehend more like because as a as a child I didn't see that white kid as white but now now I see that white kid as white <laughs> <laughs> I, I can comprehend that he has a different culture he has um, he has different he lives in a different environment and I can be like oh we're, we're different mm-hmm. in, in that way and you only learn that difference over time yeah as you grow can, yeah you can kind of like comprehend it um, mm-hmm. you know as when you're younger you're just like oh hey he's a kid like me right. like, cool you know I think you know as you, you just grow older you, you understand more and you learn more about yourself and other people I don't necessarily think it's like a, a race thing. I just think it's you want to surround yourself with things you like, and sometimes you know differences in culture is not something like you're comfortable with, and so I guess there can be a divide because of culture, mm-hmm. but not necessarily because of you know race or just like color your skin. Marchie, I want to ask you about something you said earlier. Earlier you said that you you used the term whitewash. Yes. In reference to yourself. Can you talk a little bit about that? What do you mean by that? So, um, 
what I mean by whitewashed is like some Hmong people they're just raised to be Hmong people, right? They've they've never really had come in contact with other other races is what I'm saying, and especially like the white race. Um, I'd say whitewashed because you know I've spent sometimes I spent more time at school than I did at home, and I spent more time with white people than I did with my own people. And kind of like got integrated into this this community that we have, right? And I don't know. What types of characteristics, traits are we talking about when we're talking about being whitewashed versus being more traditionally Hmong? What are we talking about? So I think definitely language starts to decline. Um, like when I was younger, all we did was speak Hmong, right? At but home. then yeah, at home. But then. More and more as like we got older and we started spending more time at school and spending more time with other people. Like mm-hmm. English is a universal language. Well, I don't want to say universal, but like Close. it's like a common language that mm-hmm. everybody can share, right? Sure. And like when I came into school, like kindergarten, I didn't know how to speak any mom, so that's why I went to ELL. They taught me how to speak English. So speaking English and speaking more English and applying that on top and speaking less mom, just you know, mm-hmm. we start to lose our language a little bit. And that's what I think whitewashed is coming to be. I also think there's, like, some values that, you know, you kind of start to lose your grip on. Because I think in Asian culture, like, respecting elders is, like, a big thing. But, you know, as I see, like, more, you know, these Hmong kids, like, coming up, um, you know, they're talking to these, these adults, like, I can never see just myself like really being friends with someone who's like way older than me because you know I need to be respectful towards them or that's just like a value I grew up with and so there there are some values that you know that are uh, higher up and lower on you know being Hmong and Asian and sometimes you lose that uh, and, uh, that would Whitewashed, right? But I think it's just you know the evolution of growing into a new society. Do you feel or see those cultural differences between yourself and your white peers? Like when you're in the classroom, do you see yourself or fellow monk as behaving differently? as reacting differently as than your white white peers? Uh, I don't really think so. So we have two different types of people, right? Sure. People who try hard and achieve a lot and then people who don't try as hard but maybe maybe not so successful, right? Right. And then you could put Hmong people in those two columns, either one or one, and you could put white people in those same two columns, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's a difference because we all try here. We all try to be the best that we can be, right? Before we go to college, everybody's big dream is to go to college, right? Um, and that's why I don't really see a difference in what race has to do with this. Wait, what do you mean by, like, do you see your white peers and your mom? Well, one of the things you mentioned, Kong, was you said, um, feel like you've seen some younger Hmong kids 
who speak to their elders or the older people differently than what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, are you suggesting that they learn how to do that by hanging out in white culture? I mean, is that something that white culture has sort of eroded out of Hmong? Is it just something that's changing I think nowadays? It's, it's, really, it's really how you get raised. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I don't know, my parents, my parents have gotten like way more lenient mm-hmm. with with me, and I'm like seven years younger than my siblings. Mm-hmm. But when my siblings were growing up, it was like nailed on their head that you should respect your elders. Uh, and I guess, like, younger Hmong students is just not as nailed in their head as it was before because my parents are always like hey you have to respect me I'm your I'm older than you right mm-hmm. like, I'm your parent you should respect me uh, that is your grandpa you should respect him but um, but now it's just you don't that isn't nailed in your head or as much it's a mixture of them both just them being Americanized and being raised differently. I also, I like what you said. I think, I think the problem now is just, well, it's not a problem, but I mean, times are changing, right? And I think it's society as a whole. So, not just these monk kids are just acting like how you said, but some of these, some of these other kids, right? They're all doing the sure. same thing. I think we grow as a society, and then it just waters down lower and lower. Because, I mean, like, I'm sure that you were taught to respect your elders, right? And then yeah, it just gets sure. watered. It's like a drip. <laughs> it gets watered down every single, like, generation. But I'm sure I'm sure there are still people that respect elders and that stuff. But I'm just saying society as a whole is changing. I think it's, it's interesting, then, too, to talk about... Um, you know, there's a larger culture that we're all operating in as well. You know, that's not just Hmong, like you're talking about, or not just black or white or whatever, right? And that that larger culture is going to affect each of those subcultures too, the minority, the majority, in, in a different way. And, and and so I think that's interesting. You know, you often hear old white people too, is to be like, you know, all those young kids nowadays, they don't respect or they don't whatever. Um, and I don't know how accurate that is. You know, I think every generation has said that to some degree. Um, and that's part of how we deal with change over time, I think. I don't know. Um, now, what about uh, what about your experience with, um, say, uh, uh, Christian holidays, white holidays, um, versus some traditional Hmong festivals or Hmong holidays or anything? Is, is there tension at all? Is there conflict in any of that? Is it, is, do you feel like it's all celebrated? Can you talk at all about that? I think there could be conflict between Hmong people and themselves, right? So some people are Christian, some people are Catholic, and some people are shamanists, mm-hmm. right? So I have a friend, he's Catholic. And a lot of, a lot of all of those guys, they're like, they're Catholic and Christian and all that stuff, so they believe in God. But then I'm on the other side of the spectrum, right? I'm a shamanist. We believe in spirits, and we believe in a spirit plane. And some of those things just don't add up to each other, right? Um, I think it's more in it of itself. Like, everybody likes to celebrate Christmas because you get gifts, right? Mm, It's fun. Everybody does Thanksgiving because it's 
the whole family, right? Um, I think all of these holidays, they don't, they don't collide with each other because we all share one thing and that's coming together as a group, right? But then in those groups is where you can see division. I think. I think. I don't know. <laughs> We're just thinking out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see, you know, my sister got married pretty recently. Uh, summer, yeah. They had an American wedding, and they're, they're very Christian. No drinks. It was just, you know, you're dancing, having a good time. But, you know, a few months before that, we had our mom wedding, which is a lot of drinking, you know, <laughs> a lot of food just everywhere. And, you know, it was, for me, or, you know, for the Christian, for my, uh, my brother in law, uh, they're Christian. They're very Christian. And so their family was, like, kind of awkwardly just standing there. Mm-hmm. They didn't drink. Um, so it was just kind of awkward. <laughs> so <laughs> they're just standing there. But then at the American wedding, they're like very, very like yes, God is, we love God, uh, blah blah blah. You know, uh, oh we love you and Jesus, um, mm-hmm. you know stuff like that. And that was kind of like awkward for us because we, my family doesn't really practice religion, so it was just kind of like oh blah, 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 kind of boring, you know, <laughs> but there, I think there is some kind of division, but in, in the groups, but I think, you know, the Christian holidays, you know, um, Easter and stuff like that, I think, you know, all, all people can, can celebrate it. Mm-hmm. So it looked like you wanted to say something yeah. earlier. I don't. Oh, no. okay, <laughs> I'm not recalling anything. Kong, to clarify, was that was that wedding a wedding between a Hmong person and a white person, or was uh, it no both Hmong? Both Hmong. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't clear. I guess on exactly. Yeah. Do you feel like you have um, different pressures from home? You know, earlier, Kong, you talked about how your siblings were raised a little bit differently than you. And maybe just you're the last one, so, you know, it's like, hey, well, I'll let him do what he wants. <laughs> um, but do you feel different pressures at home about maintaining Hmong culture or maintaining your Hmongness? A, a little bit. Um, the reason that I kind of got my hair back was because of my parents. Like, oh, you need to have black hair because, you know, their reason is... Olight, which is like gangster, gangster. If you're a gangster, you should dye your hair. Um, but you know, I, I really think it's just kind of like keeping the tradition of, you know, looking Hmong. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they, they kind of like oh, have some pride in being Hmong. Mm-hmm. Um, but not really. They don't really like force me to go to like these Hmong weddings or these Hmong funerals. Right. Uh, like they did with my siblings, where they kind of forced them to go. Force them to go in the hopes of reinforcing tradition. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like, hey, this is tradition. Mm-hmm. This is this runs in my family, so you know, you come, you come with. Which, in some ways, isn't any different than when I was growing yeah, up and yeah. being told to go to church. You know what I mean, or whatever. You know, um, it was a certain cultural background. Mm-hmm. Continuing tradition. But then nowadays, it's kind of like 
Yeah, you wanna go? It's like, no, no, really. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, be safe. <laughs> Stay home, be safe. Yeah. I think what's being keeping me grounded to like my roots is my grandma, right? So she moved in with us, and she speaks no English at all. She can speak some Spanish. I don't know how. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how. But she speaks just like straight Lingpong, right? And, you know, when she wasn't living with us, we didn't speak that much English or that much Hmong at home, right? It's just English, English, English. But now that she's here, I'm kind of getting back into the group of relearning my Hmong, like relearning what it is, has to be said so she can know what's going on, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's that's a thing that's keeping me grounded to, like my native tongue, my my language, and how Hmong I can really be. Um, but I think I think it's it's the uh, older people that are keeping yeah. keeping this keeping this you know alive, sure. like really alive. Well, my grandma can still speak some Dutch. You know, she grew up second generation. How you count them? First generation. Her folks came over, you know, um, and she still speaks some Dutch. Uh, and I, I, you know, I don't think she's ever said take some pride in being Dutch, you know. Um, I wonder though too what that would sound like coming out of a white person's mouth, and if that would be okay. Hey, take some pride. Take take some pride in being white. <laughs> I don't know. Is that is that the same? Is that different? I guess it really depends on. I think people have a bias against white people because not all white people are bad, but some of them are really bad. <laughs> That's what I said. Not all white people are bad. And not all black people are bad, but some of them are bad. Not all Hmong people are bad, but some of them are bad. And then we're always going to have those bad eggs. Well, our bell rings, so we need to do it. Because you guys all got something to do. <laughs> that was mega power. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> let's uh, watch it not let's all be recorded. That'd be so sad. <laughs> Me too. We had such so good ideas. Here. Imagine you didn't even click.